Chapter Nine of Overruled by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Nine. What if I should? But it was more than the past, with its might have been, that was torturing Ralph Bramlett. The immediate future must be met. Out of the chaos of embarrassment and bewilderment that the future showed, stared one definite proposition. But it was of so strange a character that if it required any studying at all it is no wonder it required long studying there had been a time when ralph bramlett would have turned scornfully from such a proposition and felt that it needed no consideration it had come to him from one of the junior members of the firm of snyder snyder and co it appeared that that gentleman owned a valuable corner lot in the town where ralph lived the building had been occupied for years as a drug store but the prosperous druggist had lately died and his business had been closed up by his heirs the building had now been unoccupied for several months it had been the opinion of the owner even before the drug store closed its doors that the corner afforded special advantages for the setting up of a first-class retail liquor store he did not use the word saloon the phrase retail liquor store had a better sound to him he proceeded to explain that there was decided need for a business of the sort in that end of the town several estimable families some of his own acquaintances indeed lived in that vicinity and doubtless often found it inconvenient to go so far as they were now compelled to for supplies he had been spoken to more than once concerning the excellent site that corner would be for a retail store in short the philanthropic gentleman had said i am really growing anxious about that part of the town my early home was there mr bramlett and of course i feel a special interest in the place i have been approached several times by persons who to speak frankly i am not willing to see established in such a business in that vicinity i have been offered very fine rentals for the building but thus far i have held off making all sorts of excuses of course i cannot continue such a policy very long you know without my mentioning it that it makes all the difference in the world what sort of men take hold of this business the men who have come to me are well enough in their way and would undoubtedly have paid the rent though i mentioned a very large figure to them to help me in getting rid of them but they were not the class of persons to establish on that corner persons who lacked judgment you understand and forethought men who would be in danger of consulting their pocket-books instead of principle i'm afraid they would have been as willing to sell to miners for instance or to habitual drunkards as to responsible persons i felt that they would be most sure to get themselves and me into trouble there are people living all about that region who if the business were conducted in accordance with not only the letter but the spirit of the law would be glad to countenance it even though they do not themselves use the goods whereas if another sort of person should take hold of it those very men would make trouble i am sure you understand the peculiarities of the situation and to come to the point at once mr bramlett as we are both busy men it has occurred to me to definitely propose that you occupy the said corner yourself not in person of course in a way to take any considerable amount of your time 
we consider your services here much too valuable to be willing to give them up what we thought was that we could supply you with a man here to do a good deal of the office drudgery that now occupies you and let you have leisure enough to look after this other business you could secure good reliable men to do your bidding you being merely the brains of the establishment men of that kind can easily be found who are capable and entirely willing to do as they are told who are not yet exactly the ones to shoulder responsibility and do as they please you understand i have been talking it over with the other members of the firm and they are willing to make the arrangement that i have suggested i may say that they are more than willing the fact is mr bramlett we are all interested in you as a rising young man and would like to do you a good turn put you in a way to make more money than you can on a mere salary you know of course what terms we could offer you for goods at least you know the usual wholesale rates i do not hesitate to say that if it should come to an actual business transaction we should be ready to make even better terms on the score of personal friendship i suppose i hardly need say that i know of at least a score of fine young men who stand ready to accept such an offer as i am making but i haven't felt inclined to make it to them i don't know but i am something of a crank my friends tell me that i am but i am really very particular indeed as to who i put in my buildings i want not only reliable men in the ordinary acceptation of those words but men of thoroughly conscientious views men in short who will not only understand the law but abide by it in every particular i am a law-abiding citizen myself and want no underhanded proceedings there is a sense in which you might look upon it and i confess i have thought of it more in that light perhaps than any other as your opportunity for doing a good thing for the community in which you live a good citizen is always glad of such opportunities of course i am sure you can see what danger might result from putting an immoral man for instance in such a place a man who would sell to anybody who would bring him the money without regard to whether or not he ought to be trusted with the goods i think myself that you could not serve that part of the town better perhaps than by controlling the business carefully such a business as ours is of course capable of doing great harm in the hands of unprincipled men whose only object in life is to make money it does do harm i have never shut my eyes to the fact and trust i never shall it is because i judge you to be entirely capable of managing the business not only in a way to be entirely satisfactory to yourself but to your townspeople that i have made the proposition i have i do not want an answer to-day take time by all means to consider it mr bramlett there by the way is our private price list the second line of figures represents the ruling prices at retail if you need to refresh your memory and wish to make any estimates of probable income that will save you time perhaps i ought to say before this interview is closed that as the building in question is not fitted up for the purpose proposed i had thought if you took hold of it to suggest that i advance you say a thousand dollars you to spend as much or as little of it as seemed to you well and fit up the place to suit your own ideas i want the whole thing to be attractive and entirely in keeping with the surroundings the whole sum might or might not be required 
you could hardly tell for several months perhaps but of course whatever was placed in the building as a fixture would belong to me to be paid for out of the fund the balance if there were any could be handed back to me at any time or included in the rent you see how entirely i trust you that sort of proposition would not be made to many men i assure you then the philanthropist had sat back in his chair and beamed a benevolent smile upon the young man whom he was willing even anxious to set up in business ralph bramlett had by no means listened in silence to this long drawn-out proposition but had from time to time interjected words expressive of surprise or bewilderment of which the junior partner had taken no notice except to repeat and try to make clearer some of his points while he talked ralph had had as in a vision a view of himself standing there say three years before listening to such a proposition a faint smile hovered over his face as he thought of the indignant way in which he would have declined an offer that connected him in any way with the business of rum selling but the smile was one of contempt for the fanatical notions of a boy he was a man now and such narrow-minded wholesale condemnations as those in which he used to indulge did not become him he sat down to his work after being courteously dismissed by his chief at least he sat before his desk but his thoughts were on what he had just heard especially were they concerned with what he admitted was a new idea namely that a man could serve his townspeople by conducting a liquor store however why not of course a thoroughly well-managed liquor store that not only never infringed upon the law but was in a sense a law unto itself having a care how it dispensed dangerous beverages even to those whom the law recognized as fitted to buy them would be infinitely better for the neighborhood than one of the ordinary kind the idea was not only new but interesting all day long though occupied with even an unusual amount of business he had kept going this second train of thought for the first two or three hours he had assured himself that although there was certainly good sense in some of the arguments advanced by the junior partner still he ralph bramlett could never have anything to do with the retail liquor business the bramlets for generations back had been too pronounced on the temperance question and his father had suffered too keenly because of his present position for him to entertain any idea of going farther moreover he admitted that he himself shrank from it that is he told himself that he was not equal to the sacrifice although good could undoubtedly be done by preventing evil but he a member of the church a member of a well-known family could not place himself in such a questionable position he might talk until he was gray and yet not make clear to certain people the arguments that had been brought to bear upon him that morning there for instance was his sister hannah who had no head for argument and was as set in her way as self-opinionated old maids generally were she would be sure to give him no peace of his life if she imagined he thought of such a business yet he had immediately curled his lip over that objection 
and reminded himself that hannah had enough to do at present to take care of her own reputation without concerning herself about other people's but there were others what would dr ford for instance think of the junior partner's arguments he wondered and what above all others oh it wouldn't do of course he wasn't considering it for a moment then he took pencil and paper and fell to calculating what the profits would really be and exclaimed over their enormity he had been conversant with wholesale prices for several years but had never before given his attention to the retail trade then there was that hint about special reductions on the score of friendship it certainly was a way to make money and money would undoubtedly be made on that corner why not buy him did it make such a tremendous difference after all except to the person who received it into whose pocket the money went yes of course it made a difference here was a chance for that new and most alluring argument to present itself again if the money went into the pockets of an honourable man one who would under no circumstances allowed to be sold to persons incapable of judging for themselves what was good for them it certainly ought to make a great difference on the morality of the community the argument looked clearer than it had before why did not those fanatical people who were always prating about the evils of the saloon study up this phase of the subject and until they could do something better try to get respectable moral men put in charge of saloons yes he was actually so befogged that he used the phrase respectable moral men in such connection and failed to see its absurdity yet why not had not the junior partner who represented millions and understood business and respectability used the same when ralph walked toward his train that evening he was saying to himself there would be no occasion for my name to appear all he wants of me is to be responsible for the rent and look after the men whom i put in charge it is no more in a sense than i am doing now he had by no means told himself that he would undertake the work but he took his seat in the car still studying the profits that might be made and the feasibility of entirely suppressing his name thus silencing foolish tongues there came and sat beside him one of the workers at the carnell street mission who began to tell of the wonders that were taking place there did he remember harvey barnes who used to be a schoolmate of his he knew of course how low the poor fellow had gone a regular gutter drunkard but he was making an honest effort to reform he signed the pledge nearly two weeks ago and last night stayed to the after meeting and not only talked with one of the workers but actually went down on his knees and prayed think of harvey barnes praying bramlett the age of miracles is not past you see the christian worker had a more definite aim than merely to tell good news he proceeded to say that they had been planning how best to help tide the young man over the dangerous weeks which were now before him and somebody had remembered that he was an old schoolmate of ralph bramlett's and used to be much under his influence and somebody else had wondered if ralph would not be willing to take hold with them and try to help his old friend ralph was interested and touched he remembered harvey barnes when he was the best scholar in their class he had gone down rapidly 
an inherited taint people said ralph had lost sight of him for years hadn't he been out of town yes he used to have a good deal of influence over him he recollected that he once told harvey he was too easily influenced and would never amount to anything because he had no mind of his own and he had replied with his genial laugh i'll let you be mind for me ralph you may go ahead and i'll follow in your footsteps you are such a proper fellow that the road will be sure to end right certainly he would like to help harvey barnes it might be interesting to help people it was what he had meant to do when he united with the church he parted with the mission worker thoughtfully having promised that he would do what he could for harvey and added a sort of half promise to come to the mission some evening he was silent about his engagement to meet his sister-in-law there that evening and take her home because as a matter of fact he did not mean to be there until the meeting was safely over his half promise to attend the meeting had not meant so much that he cared to emphasize it by appearing at once yet as he walked from the station with his mind full of the tender thoughts that the news of his old schoolmate had awakened he wondered how it would seem to start afresh and carry out some of the plans that had once been his estelle he reminded himself had not been interested in that sort of thing or it would have made a difference but perhaps she would be willing to go even to the mission now if he were with her and then he admitted that he had not spent much of his time with her and that he had been out of sorts that morning and spoken somewhat roughly but she had certainly been very aggravating as he let himself in at his own door he said still to that interesting person himself what if i should surprise everybody with an entirely new departure End of chapter nine